Two Faces Radio. Two men, two microphones, one internet source. Two Faces Radio is your source for the best podcasts. So that's that's how do you do that shit? Does that hurt? No, it doesn't. But um, sound like hurt. Welcome back, everybody. This is Ira. You're listening to part two of episode number 73, featuring a great Atlanta filmmaker and music video producer and maker, Video Rahim, along with his producer, Ashley Simpson, and uh, Dan Dixon from Drop Sonic and Please Please, and also Elijah Jones from The Constellations. So I hope you enjoyed part one. In part two here, we talk a lot about everything filmmaking videos and uh, a lot about the feature documentary that video rahim produced and made called rebel scum which is great we got to screen it and if you're a fan of that movie you'll love this talking about all the uh, behind the scenes stuff and uh, everything else about it so enjoy it if you're listening on our website right now you can certainly download this podcast for free and listen on itunes as well and any of our other podcasts while you're at it you can certainly take it all in, and you can also subscribe to us, which means every time we have a new show, it'll pop up in your uh, in your iTunes. So, enjoy. Thanks again for listening. Save it for the show. God and man square off in the American South in the most controversial documentary of the year. Rebel Scum chronicles two years in the lives of the Dirty Works, a psycho white trash punk band from Knoxville, Tennessee. We are the most ro- dangerous rock and roll band on the fucking planet. Centered on lead singer Christopher Scum, this startling motion picture digs deep into the struggle for artistic expression in the heart of America's Bible Belt. Mental illness, relationships, family dysfunction, addiction. Nothing is off the table as this brutally real movie pushes beyond the boundaries of the traditional rock documentary. I have trouble living in this society for some reason. And this is my way that I deal with it. It's a peek inside a seedy American underworld that few know exists. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll just like it always has been. Lots of beautiful things, but part of it's nasty. You got problems with me eating a bug? Broke, eat it. Dude, I bit into it and had some kind of wild juice come out of it. Oh, man. Rebel Scum, an unparalleled vision of both desperation and hope. What did we do wrong? I think it's because he was beaten as a child so much, and he just can't let it go. I'm not burn this fucking city down. 
he can't be at peace mentally. I don't know what he's trying to kill himself. Seems to be fighting demons in his head. It's like Frankenstein. Everything's going to fucking hell. It ain't no good anymore. Who you vote for? Damn it! To Rebel Scum territory. That's Let's what I, do it. That's what I wanted to do because that'll be pretty easy to do. Because are are you are you listed as an executive producer, Dan? Uh, I am listed as an executive producer. And okay, it's now, a, it's now a, I know how I kind of have pieced together how the whole thing came about, but of course, for our listening audience, we're going to have to tell the whole story. So, who wants to do that? Uh, do you want to do it? Sure, why I not? could even do it. I but, have, but you know. No, why? Well, let me. The, the, you, you do it. I want no. I want to hear. I want to hear what you piece together. I what I piece right. together? Yeah, you want to hear my apart. take <laughs> on? Yep, I want to pick right, it up. Well, you can s- <laughs> see. Fix it as he goes along. All right. If you want to make a buzzer or something. Raheem was s- filming a bunch of Drop Sonic live shows, yep. right? Uh-huh. In town and out of town. Sure. Correct. Yep. So you were essentially going on tour. Embedding yourself with them. Recording an EPK and some music videos. Okay, w- with them. Now, I don't know where it was, but somehow uh, the band The Dirty Works um, opened for you guys? Sure. Was it here? Where was it? In, in Knoxville? Knoxville, in, initially. Which is their but, hometown. But actually, the yeah, when Raheem saw him, it was actually in... Was that... That wasn't Knoxville. That was... That was uh, Morristown. Mor- Morristown. Fucking New Morristown. Jersey? No, oh, no, 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 Tennessee. <laughs> the weirdest like, ass city I've ever been to. Really? It's the worst. They're nicest people. I was about to say, what are the dirty works doing in Jersey? I don't think so. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. they, they ain't made that far. Uh, <laughs> yeah, all right, so we had played with them in Knoxville before that once or twice, and I would I had been impressed by their stamina to beat <laughs> stamina. themselves up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Uh, we, we, we all know, since, we, since you guys did the movie and I've seen the movie, we all know what, you know, we know what they're about, but... But for our audience, um, what would you call them? Just like a crazy... What, what are they called? Psycho... Whatever. How do you describe white them? Trash, Psycho white punk. trash punk They're band. They're a fucking punk band with yeah. a guy that beats himself up. Cross between like, like Ramones, G.G. Allen type. Right. Okay. But we had stayed at their house. You know, we were the kind of... We would tour and we would stay with strangers all the time. Like yeah. most touring, small touring bands do. And we had stayed with them. You know, so like I felt like we you know we'd seen some weird shit just staying with them a couple of times going through knoxville yeah and they opened for us in morgantown i guess at morris morristown morristown, morristown whatever it was that little shithole in tennessee and uh so we we love you people in morristown no yeah. no we don't okay. uh, and, and so <laughs> raheem was yeah, I'll, yeah go ahead it's not a <laughs> they, they don't even know how awful you fuckers are by the way <laughs> So anyway, so we were there playing, and these, uh, these, these Raheem's filming honest. us, and, and I was like, oh, man. And he'd been out on the road with us for a couple of days. There's some footage yeah. of us in Birmingham and, like, just terrible dumps in the southeast. Now, I'm not afraid to say it because Birmingham's a shithole, too. So we get to Morristown, and I, I'm like, you should really uh, – this opening band, these guys are nuts. Like, we played with these guys, and I don't know how they got on the show in Morristown. Yeah. But what I figured out later was that they would see where we would play, and they would follow us around oh, because really? they were like, yes – 
And that's where our <laughs> audience went in Knoxville. This is a true yeah. story. We drew in Knoxville, and then all of a sudden, nobody showed up. Yeah. The shit they say in the movie, that's real. Yeah, like, yeah. They started getting on every show we played, and nobody would show up. But So anyway, <laughs> they followed us to Morristown, and they opened for us in Morristown. And I told Ryan, I was like, oh, my God, these guys are nuts, so you got to see them. Yeah. And he watched them, and we all, you know, had a laugh and a weird excitement moment and an adrenaline rush because they're that kind of a band. Sure. There's little moments in the songs that are like these memorable little hooks, too. And so it's like you got hooks and blood and violence and and, uh, and danger. And having been somebody who stayed with them and got to see all the shit that you see in the movie, you know, not all of it, but I saw the reality of it close up firsthand, staying with them before the movie was shot. I was like, wow, these guys are interesting. And there's a moment in the film, I think, I don't know if it's in the movie, right, where I actually look at you and I go... You should be filming them, <laughs> and and that's literally that's why I have an executive producer. And the credit. light bulb went off <laughs> because that right. was the moment you're yeah. actually seeing the moment that the idiot goes, "Go film this," and that was that was me. <laughs> you're and not the idiot because it turned into that's a, true. The idiot's the guy who actually listens to me, but I am the idiot who <laughs> said it. Me, I, I'm also <laughs> the idiot who said it, but I'm, I'm taking anyway. credit. I'm just saying that I was the yes. So I, that's why I have a credit. That's he said, he said, "Our band's boring. You need to check out these guys." Yeah, yeah I said you should film. You should be filming them. I think is exactly what I said. I said yeah. you should be filming. You should be filming them. These guys are interesting, and that's that's why I have the credit, though. I mean, and that's where it ends. Like right. this guy made the fucking movie. I just, I just had the dumb right. idea of going. Well, I mean, movie. had you wanted to make a documentary for a while, or did well, it just kind of come about? We had been trying to make a couple of documentaries, and we made one about a dumpster diver that was friends with a producer and a cinematographer that I was working with. Yeah, and I didn't really know him so well, but I kind of you know started to get to know him. But the closer we got to him, it was a guy that lived in the studio, lived for like sixty dollars a month, oh. and was dumpster diving and and, fun, and like in corporate type dumpsters and selling stuff. And it was real interesting. He had all these ideas and you know things about where you know our, the future was headed. It was after nine eleven, so yeah. it wasn't a whole lot of work. So we were going to go do this documentary. We spent like eight grand on shooting black and white film. To find out this guy was basically a crystal meth head. Oh, jeez. And every time we filmed him, he was either coming down yeah. or he was, you know, had been up for a few days. Right. So the closer we got to the real truth, he didn't want it on camera anymore. Sure. And he basically ended up poisoning his blood with crystal meth and uh, went to ICU. Oh, jeez. We got to film for maybe a couple of months and never were able to complete that film. Right. So once Dan had kind of, you know, we were, we were out shooting stuff. Uh, Dan was on Dallas Austin's label at the time. Oh, yeah. So we were shooting together in EPK and trying to see if there was anything here, you know, with the band. And these guys are, you know, they're great guys, but, you know, they they were in their later 20s. They weren't, you know, it was nothing really that exciting going on. So we go. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> True. Fuck you. Yeah, you know, it was like a field trip instead of a sure. party. So, you know, it's a little bit different. Well, um, it's always cool to, to shoot behind the scenes stuff though like you know especially yeah. for fans of of you uh, you yeah. know of your band we were, we were very practical yeah. like you know how you see bands and they shower together and do all this weird ass shit and they're right. fucking like on tour gang banging and whatever we never we were never like that we had like a real normal sure bunch of dudes that were friends with each other that went on tour and slept on people's floors and we get fucked up and we would do stupid things or whatever but we were never right. that Interesting. The craziest thing that happened with the filming Drop Sonic on that tour was a guy at the gas station. After they closed at like two in the morning, they let Drop Sonic come in and actually pick 
Well, this, this is a perfect food. example of how not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying that is the most That's, interesting please thing. Please tell this uninteresting <laughs> anecdote. Well, this, you know, and Dan, Dan whistled to the convenience Actually, store clerk as he... Actually, that's not true, there was, there was the lady in Birmingham with oh, the, that bought the T-shirt. Yeah, but the extra large T-shirt, and then took all of her clothes off to put the extra large T-shirt on. Yeah, but that was disgusting. And I don't know. Oh, it was disgusting. That was your first bout of nudity in, in your. It uh, was. Yeah, your work. Filmed it. There's footage yeah. somewhere, and I remember uh, his. Uh, who was the dude doing? You had that one night. Yeah, that was going to say that was, was, say, that was like a night ago. Shit with him, and Mike literally she takes her off all of her clothes, and he goes and Mike, this guy Mike that's traveling with him is like, I'll put the shirt on her, and he goes, what does he say? He goes. Uh, just dive like right a in. just just like a swimming pool, dive right in. <laughs> and she gets this his t-shirt shirt that's three times too small for her. And and yeah. it's and she takes everything off. And I just remember her walking around in front of the stage that night, like fucking pulling her vagina out. Oh, and this girl must have been. This was I at say the girl. Nick. She was like oh, the Nick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She Perfect. was a solid solid 55 60 a hard Jeez. trying to hard. embarrass her daughter with the nudity oh yes. right that's my mama my mama's vagina yeah i came from there she's like pointing and shit. sounds like she God. wasn't uh, embarrassed it wasn't it wasn't a good Welcome to Birmingham. We could actually talk about right that there. story for a while. There's a whole lot of backstory to that. But. Yeah, so there was shit that happened, but it's not dirty work shit. Right. Like it wasn't us. It was the shit that happened around us. It was maybe more interesting than us. And I, I was just anyway. I'll let you get back. So to basically, the story. like after we watched them, um, I did a little interview with them, yeah. and Chris just kind of got up there and was like, "I ain't, he's you know he's a real deep thick." country redneck accent he's like i ain't gonna lie to you i like to shoot up i mean he basically told us everything we could possibly want i mean we was it was like watching a you know a movie i mean the stuff he was saying sure steven crime was so crazy so that's um, the guitarist yeah exactly and uh he was he was wild that night so i guess i guess we're out of beer king is back it's it's radio elijah it's radio they can't see you at home <laughs> Elijah has a Budweiser box on his head at the moment. It's called a fucking hat. <laughs> it's a it's a very nice hat at that. Maybe I should have gotten a case and I not a twelve so. pack. Yeah. Um so basic anyway. basically Sorry just to, to get back no, to no. the uh the intro of them is uh once we, we captured all this footage and we went sure. back to Atlanta, I showed it to a producer that I work with a lot. Well wait, wait, wait let me go back for a second though. Yes. When you when you approached them, you know, Chris and, and, and Steven and those guys and said, listen, I'd like to make a documentary or I'd like to embed myself with you guys and kind of follow you around. How would how were they with that? Well, I mean, I didn't I didn't actually go to them until I found a producer. And oh, the, other, okay. the other thing that was really interesting about that interview was uh, I go out to South by Southwest to do a show for Fuse. Yeah. With a lot of new groups. So we would go shoot like Coheed and Cambria, The Killers, yeah. Oh, yeah. all these groups. And then the next couple of weeks later, their albums would come out. So like we shot The Killers. They weren't anybody yet. Yeah. And then, you know, two months later, they're on MTV every day. So I was used to shooting a lot of rock groups going out there. But the thing that was so different about Dirty Works is most most groups act like, except for maybe these two, but <laughs> most groups, Wait, when what? you ask them, what? When, when you ask them yeah. questions, they... Uh, <laughs> They, they it seems like they went to rock and roll university. They know the right things to say. They don't right. say, you know, they don't. They don't really. They won't tell you the truth half the time. Uh, yeah, we were just talking about how, what a what a right. crazy group uh, they were. They were just really real, and that's something that right. you know. Basically, I learned that you you can make, you can try to make a documentary about anybody, but unless they really are ready to give it to you, right? You're just you're wasting your yeah. time and. I mean, did they understand what you were going to do? I don't think so. That's what I mean, I'm thinking. I, re- I really, you know, the thing that was cool about Knoxville was that they're not used to having cameras. I mean, in Atlanta, everybody's got a video camera. Right. I can go to Knoxville, and people were happy to see me here. They want money. 
you know, all that kind of stuff sure. there. Oh, it was yeah. just like they yeah, wanted whatever. to be on video. They felt special. So yeah, it was a totally different kind of. It was yeah. it was different, you know. Next, and it helped. Greenville, South Carolina. No, yeah, <laughs> the great thing about Knoxville too was that it was not in Atlanta. It was just several miles. Yeah, so we had that distance. Away. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so they couldn't just come over to our house and knock on oh, the door. <laughs> so when you kind of when you went Don't there, know to where be you with live. Them, yeah, it was we almost went like there to film, and we came. You home. were getting to work, exactly. and, and we got the fuck out. Yeah. So, right. so basically, the uh, the producer Francis Percarpio. Um, he, I was going to ask you about him too. I mean, he's produced almost everything you've done, right? Yeah, definitely. So who I, who is he? He's a really? producer I've worked with for a long time. Um, he does a lot of commercial stuff he's yeah. worked with usher a lot just a lot of you know a lot of atlanta stuff right um but we we had a studio together for at least like 12 years okay um and during that time i'd showed him you know the footage and he loves rock and roll music uh sure. he's a huge bowie fan so yeah. um it's weird that it everybody almost has a bowie look yeah and everybody in our studio has this loves bowie so it's like the one thing that that's one thing that we all love is music so yeah. so he saw this and he you know he was really interested in it and uh basically kind of funded us to go to sure. knoxville probably two or three times a month really so sometimes i would go with him it would just be me and him sometimes right. it would be me and a couple of camera people or me but is, and is francis looking at this one as a commercial venture though like it, you know he produced a lot of the other videos for bands which was just kind of passion project stuff right, right? yeah but this was he looking at it more of hey we're going to make a real documentary you know and he try spent, to sell it yeah he spent over 100 grand on it so yeah he Jeez. really cool. you know we really had when we first got yeah. it done we had really high hopes and then we entered sundance against 1200 films yeah didn't get in Oh, wow. So it just kind of started the downward spiral yeah. of maybe Rebel Scum isn't for everybody. Yeah. And then also the things that were, you know, in the Sundance of that year, things that were winning um, awards was during, you know, was when Bush basically wasn't, you know, president or was yeah. just, you know, getting out of presidency. So things about biodiesel was Sundance's best documentary of the year, which right. I'm sure was a great documentary, but. Rebel Scum is just so different. Sure. Yeah, everybody was looking for something that was a little bit happy, and, and Rebel sure. Scum is very dark. And, yeah. And uh, miserable at times, and the movie was done, um, and you had it, and you were doing. Is that when you started doing screenings here? Or would, or yeah, we we started doing kind of smaller screenings to kind of see because the film was so different than a lot of things that we were used to. I mean, the only thing I could really p compare it to at times was like Requiem for a Dream or oh, yeah. Train Spotting, <laughs> which are not documentaries at all. But you were pitching it as a drug film, not a rock and roll film. Uh, or not know. a drug film, but a, but you know a lifestyle film rather than a. This is a documentary about a band. A little bit of everything. Okay, you know what I mean. I, I think he's just capturing a moment in time and like sure where, wherever those folks were at. It's like you turn the camera on that and it's it's entertaining and uh, it it is yeah. no and I agree it it, it works. That's true. A true documentary is like right. you just turn the camera on. I mean, this documentary works on so many different levels. Right. You know, it can be a rock and roll. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of things, and that might be the problem with it. There's it's so right. many things. Well, and people out there that are buying shit, they want to categorize it exactly. You know? Yeah, so that's yeah. Well, that's a but struggle. Sometimes that the story is so you know the story that drives it is so compelling. It just yeah. kind of tells you can't not follow where it takes you exactly. Right. Well, it has a great flow. Yeah, I had to split it into two nights watching it just because I had a lot of shit going on. But I remember I was about an hour in, and it was one of those films. I was like, holy shit, I'm already an hour in. You know, it just goes by. And so, I mean, that's a good sign, you know. But when you when – you, you know, there's a couple trailers you have. Well, you, want, you have one that's like two minutes, and then mm -hmm. do you have another trailer that's – There's a longer one because I saw something that was a little bit longer than that, I thought. 
Because I, I have not gotten to see the movie yet, because okay. I think Ira only got it. Yeah, well, I, I met you over the weekend, and then yeah. he and I just couldn't... Well, it took me a couple of days to be able to sit down and watch it and just have... Brian and I are very busy guys with, you know, shit at home real and work and blah, blah, blah. So, it, well, yeah. So so I, I finally got to sit, and that was only a few nights ago, and then I just wasn't able to get it to Brian. But um, the trailer... Well, the trailers that I saw, you know, that you had, it, it almost seemed like you were... The way it was being portrayed in the trailers was almost... I don't want to say comedic, but it was almost like this is a fun movie well, about a bunch of crazy guys, yeah. you know. And then you watch the movie, and it, it, you get that too, and it's it's entertaining on many levels. You know, you laugh, you you know, just entertained by just the the craziness of it. But it also goes to a pretty dark place. Yeah. Um, well, in the early stages, I remember when you were trying to get this podcast set up, and then we were talking about you know not only the videos, but then the the documentary. Yeah. I remember there was almost a sense of like, is this real? Oh yeah, he. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of that. I'm sure you have. Yeah, not bullshit, right. but it, that it was a mockumentary. Yeah, a lot of yeah, people like thought I it was Spinal know. Tap, and my my biggest right. answer has been to that is if if this was Spinal Tap, like these are some of the the best actors in the world. Right. If these guys could act, and you know, again, I guess that's probably all part. You know, like you said, you know, people can't categorize it, and then if people aren't quite sure, just from Especially when you're only seeing the trailer, I guess it makes it harder to tell. Yeah. Because right. you're trying to put out maybe some of the most compelling stuff. We are. And we knew our audience was the jackass audience. We knew if we could right. get, you know, the kids <laughs> that were in their early 20s sure. that they would basically, right. you know, start to, you know, spread it around. So that, that trailer was really cut for, you know, a younger sure. audience. Are um, well, you I mean, that, me a jackass? That, yes. <laughs> me too. Well, I guess that I like that. You're too old for our audience, quick, actually. Yeah. But now yeah. I'm second guessing it because you called me a jackass. I mean, but how often does that happen, though, where you see a trailer for a movie that is not? I'm not saying this is totally off of what it was, but yeah. where you where you see it and you're like, oh, this went to way different places than I thought it was going to yeah, go. Definitely. You know? So yeah, I guess that that happens normally. It's also cut. The trailers that you made were kind of um, what's that style? It was almost like a '50s. Yeah, the Grindhouse trailer. Like a Grindhouse trailer. And that's where we kind of, we went, you know, back to that. We watched a bunch of Grindhouse films and got the crazy announcer. A lot of people hate the announcer, but, (laughs) you know, it was something we just thought was kind of just different. We tried to to make it different. And, you know, the big thing was, is what we we discovered with that film was that, again, with with us trying to get into film festivals, is that film festivals are very expensive. I mean, you're talking anywhere from tickets that are $15 to $300 a festival. So Jeez. the things that we started to notice, like we sent it to a filmmaker friend of ours that's in a lot of festivals. He was Jewish. He watched it. He said he would not have watched it any longer than five minutes because all his friends make a hundred grand and are Jewish. So why would I be interested in these guys? Wow. So we started getting a lot of that, and uh, we actually did get into two festivals in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, one was we were supposed to be in Nashville's next big ten or next next big, and uh, one of the filmmakers was really a big fan of it and uh he tried to get it through and the rest of the guys watched it and they called it redneck exploitation so the <laughs> redneck the redneck thing what i've kind of realized is the you know i mean it ain't honey boo boo exactly and <laughs> that, right. that was probably the thing that we we probably should have made it like honey boo boo we probably would have had a better uh a better shot yeah. yeah and that's you know that's that's the weird God, thing. that is like one of the most narrow i mean the all my friends make a hundred thousand dollars but why would yeah. we, that's like Yes. about the most narrow minded no, thing I've right. ever heard. I mean, heard. redneck exploitation. We had never we had never heard that before. I mean, we just tried to make a band. I mean, when we first saw them, you know, we were in the Iraq or in, in war with Iraq, 
And here's this guy up on stage. He's, you know, we're killing people left and right. He's beating himself, yeah. bleeding to get a little bit of attention. So to us, you know, we found that very, very interesting. That is we, interesting. And, you know, I grew up during the Gigi Allen time, and Gigi used to come out naked and would throw right. feces. So <laughs> he never had a chance at, you know, really, people so in the punk world. Any commercial success? Yeah. yeah. In punk world, people know yeah, him, but you ask anyone else, <laughs> you know, they have no idea who the hell Gigi Allen is. Right. So that was something that, you know. It's amazing initial. how hard it is to gain fans when you throw shit at that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when you have a, again, narrow-minded thinking, you know. Jeez. Well, you have a little G.G. Allen footage in the film, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just for a second. And there's actually, there's actually more footage of Christopher with G.G. that we never really? even got in the film. Yeah, he, they take a few swings at each other. Get out <laughs> Yeah. So. Wait, that sh- that that section I saw was that just some was that just stock footage? Of that was or? a show. We didn't realize once once we got done with the film, somebody had released a bunch of footage that was from that show that huh. showed you know Chris going after him, and it's all up on YouTube. So Fuck. the stuff we were going to originally or we we're going to plan on putting back in the movie, but we just never got around to it. Right. And the stuff in the film of Gigi is all from his brother Merle. Um, Merle, Merle oh, okay. who still does the murder junkies and. Right. He let us use some of that footage, and some of that footage had never been seen before. Which was, wow. Which is interesting for GG Allen fans. Yeah, let's feel honored for that, too. Like yeah, we thought that was really cool. Get an exclusive. Yeah. Almost like how we get a, an exclusive here. What are you doing? You getting out of here? Yeah, we're going to take off. <laughs> Me and Dan are drunk and want to go to the bar. Well, um, so it We're going gonna to see you when, when you bring the constellations back. Hi, yeah. We'll ask us back. <laughs> um, we'll, do a, we'll do another split, please, please, constellations. <laughs> Jam session. Jam Tour. Session. Jam session. We'll do a drum circle. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you mind sticking no, around a little longer? We'll oh, yeah, a drum, a drum circle. Uh, it's beautiful. Thanks, guys. Right, where where are you going? We're going to join you. We gotta, yeah. we gotta take care of this. <laughs> hey, thank you, guys. No, thank you, man. Your audience, I hope I wasn't too much of an asshole. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> we are the biggest assholes on our thank podcast. Remember that. Nice uh, to yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shake your hand. Hold on. Record this shake. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Yeah, my pleasure. Appreciate it. Good to meet you guys. I love you, Raheem, as always, for coming out. You're a good man. As always, appreciate it. You, we got unfinished. Do a good interview, man. Editing skills, baby. We're recording this whole goodbye. This is great. (laughs) This is great radio. Way to hit me in the dick with your guitar. Sorry, dude. It's hard to get away from it. What's that? Yeah, you want to take a break? Let's do that. Well, I'm going to follow them out and lock the door anyway. Okay. <laughs> All right. We don't trust them. <laughs> Make sure they don't come Make back. Sure they- <laughs> yeah, mate. This is Brian Johnson from ACDC. Much better lead singer than the old guy who died on his own puke. <laughs> You're listening to Two Faces Radio. Save it for the show. I will say, I mean, filmmaking is, I do consider to be the highest form of, of art. I, I do, you know, just I it agree. incorporates all other art, right? With it, so I've visuals, always felt that. And actually, I was a film student, you know, and I graduated. I didn't go to a great film school, but I did graduate with a film degree. And and uh, you know, unfortunately, you did something with it, and I did not. But uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, and, but of course, I've always been a big radio fan too. Uh, you know, talk radio and and just enlightening radio, you know. So this. I know what it means to put this together, together which is nothing, um, but we are doing it. But as far as putting together the stuff that you do, it just always seems like my brain hurts when I try to think about yeah. all the <laughs> shit you need to do to make a good film. And I, I 
does that just make me lazy that I just well, I don't no, have any I, good ideas. That's one. Well, because you live in reality. I mean, that's basically the thing. I mean, they are. They're a. It's a shit show. I mean, it's really hard on a low budget to find a location. Yeah. Find a bunch of people that are in bands that you know go out a lot and have fun to to get them to actually show up on schedule. I know. Right? I mean, like I can't, and I think maybe I'm too much of a control freak, where I have to rely on other people to yeah. to. Join with me in my vision and you know right. get my yeah. dream going. Maybe this is so easy for us because it's pretty much just he and I, and and I can almost call the shots and be like, no, this is the way things are happening. I'm going to do this on my time. And I get you know, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe I just have a problem with that. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean it's extremely hard, and I mean it's taken a lot of yeah. a lot of work to get help. I mean when we first started doing the videos, like I did the Biter's first video, and I owed. I, you know, I get people to help me and trade favors to get extra cameramen, extra work, and all of a sudden I owe a week or two weeks worth of work that I have to work to do to yeah. <laughs> just to make sure these videos look good enough or have, you know, yeah. sure. everything that the band needs. You know, if we're shooting a live show, you I can't just shoot one camera. I've got to have four right. cameras, five cameras. So well, you do sudden, it right. well, first of all, you know how to do it right, right. where it looks right, right, you know. So I mean, I assume, though, you've also probably learned some things along the way doing them so looking back on the first videos that you did wow you know i'm sure that you're looking at them now and thinking man well it's made weird. that a lot easier you know well it's weird because a lot of those were a lot easier because oh, now, really? well the problem is is once you start doing these low budget videos you have to get a lot of favors so right. by the time you're to the you know the sixth eighth video you're starting to run out of favors. Yeah, right? people are kind of like, "You want me to be there when?" You yeah, know, right, right. And then the you know the other part is you know again you're working with a lot of people that aren't used. To, you know, they're rock they're in rock and roll bands. They're not yeah. used to being on schedule. They're not used to a certain time. So then you have got all these people get in there. They're late. It might take you four or five hours so you actually even start filming. So it's sure. just yeah. it's real hard. And you have to make up people and and so many other people that we need. So I've just tried to learn to do as much stuff as we can. So Ashley and I try to do as as many things as we can um luckily we have louise and lisa uh we have some great makeup people that come and help us yeah and you know it just really depends on you know what dax it, exclamation point dax exclamation point <laughs> <laughs> i wrote that name down uh, did you know, you, do you know, know, who do that you know is? much about dax no i that's why i was i oh, wrote her down i just noticed that she was you know in the face the face and then she and then she won creative loafing's best drag queen really uh-huh. or he did yeah I didn't know. Yes. I didn't know. Wow. For, 20, for 2011. I didn't know. So he's a he's a great character. I thought it. I, th- <laughs> I thought it was a chick. Wow. Yes. See which one? Which one was that? The the one that um, gets beat up by Randy in the apartment. Yeah, she the has a big afro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact, in that scene, Ashley, the the producer, was yeah. actually laying on the bed topless and just shorts, and she's like playing with her hair you were face down yeah, face down, oh, face down. <laughs> we had a someone could not show up oh yeah that we had scheduled and you so said we needed an extra you want me to lady. do what yeah and i said that i can offer we need an extra pair of i need, <laughs> we need an extra back. woman <laughs> exactly and that's that's what happened i mean that, and yeah. that, that's the kind of thing i mean with the last video the the please please it was a really cool video but that video because the locations kept changing for us, we were all sick. I mean, it was just yeah, very a real tough video. I mean, I'm I'm glad with the results we got. I mean, but it's you're probably emotional. Hey, I'm off all out. summer. I teach school. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can be pretty available in the summertime. In the summer, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. That yeah. after party video, we learned uh, do not use confetti. Yes. On set. 
because it takes a really long well, to time. If you're gonna do multiple takes, you mean? Yeah. Yes. And it's all over everyone sure. and everything, oh, yeah, sure. and it will be for about a month. Yeah. Jeez. Well, and that, that house party video, Ashley had to around four or five o'clock in the morning start. She started cleaning up. Yeah. And we thought we were cleaned up, and then we had to come back the next day and clean for another four hours. We so. cleaned till yeah. 9 a.m. that Jeez. day. But it was a friend's house, though? Yeah, it was a friend of ours' house that does a lot of house parties. The Soraka house? Yes, exactly. See, I told you I took right. notes. You, you did. taking notes, seriously. Oh, this is impressive. Well, I think like, you're going to have to pitch him your movie. you, you <laughs> got to do it on air. Because then it's then he can't r- run off with it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't think he'd be right for my vision. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It, my vision is too. It's too hokey. It, it's too commercial based. Yeah, I don't think it's uh, cool you, and hip. Well, you make it cool and hip. All right, we'll talk about it. Later. We'll talk about it. Later. I can't give it out on air because no. well. But that that's what that's what Ben uh, Stiller will pick it up and run with it. That's what in, that's what encodes it to you yeah. is when this is released. Um. All right. Let's reset. Reset. You want to so, reset a little bit? Sure, yeah. I'm sorry I'm keeping you so long. I don't have a problem. Are you good? You guys yeah. feel all right? You got to work in the morning? Nope. He does. I'll tell you, I was really <laughs> impressed, though, with, um, you know, again, and I don't know if I mentioned Are this. Are you going to let me reset? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I want to hear what he's impressed with, though. Well, I do, too. Well, I, I was just. Go ahead. How do you impress this man? I was impressed by um, the fact that when. I'm not sure if I mentioned this before, so stop me if I did, but I was impressed by the fact that, you know, when I first started, when we first started kind of checking your stuff out, it was all these, you know, local bands. And and then, like I said, when when you were involved with some of these huge artists, I mean, in in that other documentary that you did on uh, Black Star, uh, Talib Kweli. Yeah, Talib yeah. Kweli and Mosef. Yeah. Um, yeah. Black Star. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're interviewing Dave Chappelle and, you know. Some serious, Kanye. Some heavy yeah, hitters. Kanye, yeah, I mean, some heavy Beastie hitters. Boys we want to tour with. Are you trying to ask him if he if he was getting like starstruck and just kind of? No, I mean, I'm just saying that like it, it definitely puts you in a whole different. I I kind of was seeing you as like, oh, this guy was doing local videos, and then all of a sudden, then I was he like, saw that it's way more than this guy doing local videos, and and obviously you've been attached to a lot of big names as I've as I've read through, right. you know, with the with like. Uh, Going on tour or setting up some visuals on tour for P Diddy and all doing that stuff. So. Just stuff. did concert visuals for Sierra again, for yeah. the second time. Yeah. So that's major stuff. I mean, I mean, I know what concert visuals are. Yeah, I know what you mean, but I, I figured we might explain okay. exactly what. The, I mean, it's essentially just stage setup. Stuff and, yeah. Is it the that's stuff going in the background, on? or is yeah, it just stuff, every, It's like the, like pretty much the all the tours stuff. nowadays. They have giant screens, right. and right. they all want visuals. They want you right. to. Take all yeah. their elements and make something really cool before right. they come out, and then have little elements from their videos during you know during the rest of it. And I went to art school, so yeah. I started out doing um, experimental video art. Yeah. So that was there's a lot of that in there. And yeah. That's why you know I shoot direct and edit a lot. It's a lot. Well, and I've know, always for, loved this stuff, and I I feel like I read an article lately that this is kind of coming back, but like the uh, the old school '60s backdrop oh, yeah, stuff, right? like you know when Jefferson Airplane was, yep. in, you know they. Or were they using like overhead projectors exactly. and you know just dumping yeah. the bubble and, lamps and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And projecting it behind. But it, I love that stuff. So. I love that shit too. I've always yeah. loved that, and I even tried to fuck around with that when I was in school. You know, I was like doing all this analog shit. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, uh, did you see that too? There's like people are kind of doing that. I mean, I've I've just or replicating it anyway. Yeah, I mean, I've seen them do it for you know a while. Yeah. I mean, they've always and there's always been some sort of visual element when it comes to live shows. So yeah. it's just you know. With with video and technology and everything changing, I mean every you know every artist wants to outdo the next one. So right. 
you know, we the first one we did that was big for us was P Diddy, yeah. and it was during the time when he was charged with uh, it was dating J Lo, and yeah, he got uh, charged with shooting. I think it was like '99. So that was like the first huge artist I worked for. I think we had done uh, the clothing line for uh, what's his clothing line, uh, Sean John. Sean John. Yeah. So I think we did Fashion Week, and he really loved that. So he hired me to like basically he sent me the whole his whole live show, yeah. and then sent me every video he ever did, and let me just go wow. to town. Wow. And then he ended up using that video for like the opener for like five years. Yeah. Like when he was on tour with NSYNC and all that type of stuff. So that led to us getting Usher, getting Sierra, Gorillas, and. Is that something where, and, you know, again, just say, listen, I'm not going to discuss it, but is that something where you get paid, like, to do the job, and then he can just use it as many times and as long as he wants? Exactly. Okay, so you're just getting, like, a flat rate to put something like that together. Definitely. But, I mean, sometimes putting that on a resume is priceless. Yeah, right. (laughs) And, I mean, the thing that's funny is that, you know, because they're tours and stuff, that type of stuff, usually, I've usually made more money. Doing concert visuals and I have anything else else music. Right, it's crazy so like that, isn't it? Well, it's also pretty interesting. We watched, we've watched award shows before with Usher too, and you see the visuals up on like these award shows that yeah. they're using. It's like that's, that's awesome. the yeah. stuff that right. you just made. No shit. Right. Yeah, we got to see some of the stuff we did on Grammys and wow, really MTV wow. awards and stuff that's like that. Killer. So it's cool, but it you know nobody really knows you did it. Yeah, yeah. Except so for you. you do. You guys sit around and you know. <laughs> Pay our rent that's with the, it, and right. that's the stuff right. we geek out on. But since right. the music, since since the music industry has just died, it's it's people have less and less money to do that. So yeah. that's the thing. And then we find ourselves doing it more for you know corporate corporations do the same thing with openers for uh-huh. meetings and stuff like sure. that. They hire Aerosmith right. to play for yeah, one, pay anything you 1. want one point five million dollars for right. one show. You know, so yeah. it's, it's a. <laughs> I think it's it, it, doing bar mitzvahs. And, it yeah. is. It does have to be tough for you because. You know, I'm I'm trying to think of an analogy, but it's it's like, um, you know how like when the economy goes bad, it's the high end stuff, the cars, the the extras that go, and that's probably like that's the the icing yeah. on the cake, that stuff. So what can you cut out first? You probably cut out that kind of stuff. So exactly. I can imagine that would be tough for you in your position. Yeah. And with them not having big budgets on it, the elements that you have to work with become more and more you're trying to pull resources uh, you yeah. know i'm using laser lights that i shot at a haunted house and right. putting them in sierra's <laughs> you know live concert video for, right you know or a whole different you know just a, just a whole different world but yeah she lets me be edgy and stuff like that and i mean the first one we did for her she went on the scream tour with ti yeah um and she had 50 cents come out with her and stuff and she ended up using that one for five years wow and wow. got five some, years. she went yes. to another label Another management, and then she tracked us down and got me to do the next one. So that that's that made awesome. us feel good. You know, huh, that's like, cool. Yeah, it is really cool now to you know, like in, in sitting here and talking to you about it too. I mean, again, the videos are so ambitious. You know, I mean, it'd be easy for you to go into a room and just take the band and you know film them a bunch of different ways and you know play the oh, song. What you do too? Times. You just edit it into the rest of it. Right. Yeah, right. But I mean I'm saying like it'd be easy to just do that and try sure. and do visuals and just make it look cool in the room, which a lot of bands do just those straight performance videos. Right. But I mean, you know, doing something on on the level that you're doing it and being so ambitious, you know, the low budget and being so ambitious to do these storylines and get all these people and I mean it's it does you can tell you're into it, and it, right. you know you're putting your heart into everything. So yeah. that definitely I mean, comes out for us. It's a, it, it's a lot of training because again, the HD world. I mean, and, and the technology and, and video world is completely. I've seen people go away 
yeah. and I've seen new guys come up. So, yeah. you know, I mean, when I came in, it was first of the nonlinear editing, the all digital editing, and right. I watched all right. the old guys go away. And then a few years ago, I started seeing me be the old guy that was going away. So right. I had to start learning all this new technology, learning, I had to learn a completely new editing system. I mean, everything yeah. kind of changed. But my thing is I want to make film. So for me, with the technology that's going on with these cameras, I, I just keep wondering, like, can I make a full feature sure. with yeah. doing the way we are with music videos? You know, the only thing then just having to record sync sound, which is going to be a little bit of a nightmare. Right. But if you can get a controlled studio environment, then, yeah, that you know, so that's kind of our idea is to, to do these so we can get to the point where we can do a movie. But the thing that's weird about these is they these videos, because everybody's kind of come together, they're starting to take on another life of their own, which I really like. And what do you mean? Just that, that all these groups have, they all know each other. Sure. And right. they're all kind of friends, but at the Helping same time, they're all very um, competitive. Yeah. So for them to all kind of reach out, it just it, it just reminds me more of like what was going on like in an Andy Warhol art scene. Or, right. You know, where you'd <laughs> see different people. Right. And, that well, way. Brian and I talk about that all the time with the with the rock scene in town or, or the music scene in general, yeah. Um, and how it has shifted like that. We we were even yeah. talking about that recently. Yeah, how when we first moved to town, um, it was it was it, it seemed like things were more. Com- or no, 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 is it the other way around? Well, no, it seemed like people weren't as willing to help each other. Help, out. Help, it was more competitive. You know, yeah. 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 And then more recently, it's been like, hey, you know, I got this show. I should put you on with him. And, yeah. you know, you guys got to check these guys out and get them. Yeah. Well, I mean, part of it is necessity being the mother of invention, I think. You know, just bands having to figure out ways to, you know, because the money's running out and because yeah. it's so hard to get yourself out there. It's like, let's pull together our resources. So. But it is good to see that, you know, yeah. more people are helping each other out whatever the reason ends yeah. up being. no it well, is and it makes us want to do more and more you know i didn't expect to keep doing this many music videos <laughs> do you in have a row a, right right do you have <laughs> have have you had any videos that have been a part of like the mtv music awards or because i know they still do like their music awards i mean i've worked on video awards but i mean video when, awards, I, when sorry, I first yeah. got into the industry i was doing a lot of you know editing other people's music videos a lot of rap right. stuff but um not really. I mean, it's just it's really hard to yeah. find the, the right artists. And uh, the directing world is so competitive. Yeah. So it's really, a lot of times it's not about talent. It's about right. who you know. Yeah. As we, well, you like know, everything else. all have heard. So it's a, it's very difficult. I mean, every, well, it's just like everybody wants to be a basketball player or a rapper. Everybody right. wants to be a director. So yeah. yeah. And, you know, with directing, it's a, it's a weird thing where anybody can be a director if you have a camera person you can say hey go film that right yeah so it's one of those type of of jobs so you know it's yeah but i mean you know not everybody can be a good director do do you have a vision of like you you keep you've said a couple times you know like ultimately to do a film do you have a vision of something you're yeah i've I've got a bunch of creative ideas of of films and i've tried to write a couple of scripts and it's uh for me it's very difficult i'm a visual person so I spent two years working on a script and was just so unhappy uh, when my ideas, when I tried to translate them into writing into a script, which I think is a really weird form because you're basically telling a story through dialogue, which isn't like even writing a story. So for me, it's just totally, totally strange. But I have these ideas I want to, I want to, of movies I want to do. It's just hard getting the script process, finding somebody I can collaborate with that understands a story and doesn't want to just take it into a whole different direction. Right. So that's the biggest thing. And I I think that happens with all creative people's finding that right person that you know right. you can share ideas with that yeah. 
you know, that doesn't all of a sudden, you know, cross that line where you're like, oh, that's your idea. That's, that's not, my idea. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't invented here. Right. Yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. So it's just, huh. it's difficult. I hope I find something soon. I mean, I really want right. to. Um, Rebel Scum took five years. Well, I was, that's what, I was wow. just a, that was on the tip of my tongue. I was about to say, well, I know you worked four to five years on that thing. So I'm still recovering from Jeez. from that. Yeah. You know, well, that. and talk about going right into something else. It's a you chunk know, when, of your life right there. I know you just released uh, Cocaine, you know, and then when I saw you the other day, you're like, well, we're going, you know, on a location scout to yeah. start shooting. Was a, Is it a Biter's video? Biter's video. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, nonstop, huh? Yeah. We got three We got three videos right now, or probably even, we've, I know we've got four songs right now we're trying to come up with creative for. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> it's, it's difficult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trying to come up with different ideas. Where can we shoot this one? You yeah. Know? Yeah. What are we going to do here? We've been, for Biter's, we've been going to abandon, um, Schools, yeah, that's what you're saying. Huh. Mental wards and you know um, prison. So that oh, yeah? that one abandoned be prison, yeah, a real bird, a real abandoned, a real abandoned prison. Real it's abandoned a woman's prison. prison, and actually, Arnold Schwarzenegger's filming there now. So. Oh, really? Yeah, we got. We <laughs> met Excuse me, Arnold. We just get in there and then <laughs> we ran yeah, into yeah, a security. Yeah, the ladies were here locked up. <laughs> <laughs> but the biters. Yeah, that was hard, you know. <laughs> The Biters are doing really well right now. They just got back yeah. from tour with Social Distortion. Oh, really? And right before that, they were on tour with Ace Freely. So they've been wow. just huh. so just that's good right shit, now. man. The Biters. You know, Brian and I after we uh, the booze, yeah, they we were did the podcast with the booze. We went and saw the Biters with the booze. You know, at Star Bar, mm -hmm. you were probably there. I think that's where we shot the video for Wild One. That night. Was it around that time? No, yeah. That yeah. long ago, really? I don't remember. Actually, we wouldn't have because they hadn't recorded Wild One at that time. Okay. And I, I would have remembered cameras yeah. and stuff. And yeah. Because I probably would have been like, what are you guys doing? You know, <laughs> I probably would have been bothering you. <laughs> but it uh, seemed like, yeah, they, the Biters, the Booze, and somebody else, they were always like, it seemed like they were putting on these events. Yeah. Like they were trying <laughs> well, to one, make Well, one thing I will say about that show, I felt like I was 90 years old. And yeah, I right. mean, those guys, I mean, they're doing cool shit and they just they have all these friends and they're young and they yeah. have this whole network of rock and rollers. And I'm walking in there and, you know, yeah, I, I just feel even though I dig this music, I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> this whole scene is making me feel like pops in the corner going, oh, yeah. you guys are really doing that rock and roll. Right, right, right. Yeah, I was feeling old in that scene, man. Definitely. You know, and, you know that whole scene, basically, biters and booze were all on underrated records, which yeah. was a, a studio that Dan was working on. Okay. So he basically recorded okay. all those albums that went yeah. through there. So yeah. that was how I met them. I okay. met Dan back in the 90s. Uh, yeah. He used to work at Criminal Records. He was... Oh, yeah? yeah. I, I love music, so I always had like a different guy wherever I went to sure. that would feed me different stuff. And he was really into indie rock, so yeah. he fed me like Archers of Loaf and Swirlies and just a lot of stuff that I just kind of missed you know, on my radar. So he would, right. he would give me that stuff and... Then, you know, I started filming him live back in the Rob Sonic days. Yeah. So then this is kind of where he got to with this label. And the, sure. The label had problems, and it broke up probably like a year ago. So yeah. Biters kind of went their way, and Booze broke up. Right. So but it was a great little – it was called The Factory and Underrated Records. Was a what great was the little, whole uh, Hate City Rockers thing? It's a it, – I tried Just to like talk about plug. that the other day. It was yeah. – it's a gang that they had back yeah. in the day to – that a lot of them were in. I, I still don't understand. Do I didn't understand it either. Something about that it was a maybe rock gang. And maybe we're not supposed to talk about it. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if we're supposed to talk about <laughs> it. First rule of Hate City Rockers is don't talk about Hate <laughs> City don't talk Rockers. About I, want, I want to be a, you know, a member. but uh, So did I, right? but I, I felt too old. I was like, you know what? I'm not. I would be like Pops, you know. 
you know, to get back though to, to you and your videos, one thing you said yeah, earlier, let's, let's I do that. That, was, <laughs> that that I thought was kind of cool though, is um, you talking about how you listen to the album and you sort of pick the video, the song you want to do the video, which is cool because you know back in the day it was like, what's the single? What's the song that's going to be released? Right. This is the one you have to do the video. Yeah. So that's kind of cool too because then there you get to really. Really pick what you what really motivates you exactly, and that's that makes it so much better. I mean, we get yeah. we get a lot of people, a lot of groups right now that are you know sending us songs and stuff like that, and they've got bigger budgets than what we're getting with some of the stuff, and yeah, they're just you know I just I don't have ideas for them. It. It's yeah. not what I it's not what I like. It's not you know yeah. what I've listened to. So it's yeah. just well, and and hard. even even cocaine. When I first saw the video and I first heard the tune being played, I was like, man, this doesn't seem like a tune that you would normally yeah. cut your videos to, you know, because yours are always so fast. crazy and fast yeah. and, and cut so well. And, and you were cutting almost, I mean, a little slower than you normally a lot, do. A lot I'd slower, say. really. Yeah I, guess, yeah, I guess. And I've, I've been getting a lot, of, a lot of stuff from different musicians. Gun Party, everybody thought was too sure. fast. After Party. <laughs> the after Party is like a lot of shots. Well, uh, and yeah. you know, with that, with a lot of them, I usually get about a month to work on the editing. Sure. Um, with with after party, we had to get it done in two weeks. So oh, really? we basically wow. had to shift our our schedule to like waking up at what was it like one o'clock and yeah. work until like six in the morning. Jeez. And yeah, we had a, a week production, and then we had two weeks to that that to a, a week production. Is it what's typical for? I usually, you know, I'm usually shooting four or five days. I, I shoot way too much stuff, but, you know, I just well, want these videos. Four or five so. days doesn't seem like that much. Really. Well, I mean, right now, I, I mean, most does. music videos are being shot in a day That's true. to two days. So, I mean, we have a lot of... But how many locations you guys have, it's like... Yeah, we, we have lots of locations. Yeah, well, after, yeah, after party. You're in Oakland Like Cemetery? I said, I mean, they're ambitious, so it's, yeah. it's really cool. And, I mean, you know, they're, they're coming from... A, they're coming from a different spot than like I mean the videos I'm doing now are so different than the music videos I did when I was younger. When I first you know when I first did the rest development video, it did really well and I kind of sat back and waited for ten years for yeah. more people to come yeah. up with really cool videos for me to do and they just kept getting was it that long yeah I guess uh, it was that long it yeah. was that long and they yeah. just kept getting you know further and further apart and I started doing right. more documentary stuff like we did a documentary for Goody Mob. Oh, yeah. um, I would do you know I would go and film the Dungeon Family a lot so. It just, you know, it's just, I, I we kind of went through, a, I had I had some health stuff go go on with her and uh, with Ashley, and it just kind oh. of, I realized, like, you know, we're getting older, we only have a few few more, few more years that we could really keep doing this type of stuff, really? you know, before, you know, we're too old to be in this industry, so <laughs> we, we, uh, we just, we just no. kind of uh, stopped taking all of, any vacation, we haven't had vacations in quite a while now, and just yeah, really... Huh? You know, just started just working as hard and as fast. And, well, you sometimes know. when you're enjoying so much what you're doing, you don't it's, need a vacation. You know? Yeah, it's that true. That is your vacation. It's true. So well, it's more like a race to try to, you know, see where we can get in the next couple of years, you know. Do as much work as we can and see, you know, yeah. if it pays off or, you know. Well, I think it's paying off because cocaine, Please Please Cocaine is our fifth music video this yeah. year. And that's definitely a lot more than we've put out in past years. Yeah, it's been, oh, it's been a lot more than oh yeah, yeah, it's a lot more work than we're we're used to yeah. doing. We're usually doing like one music video a year or oh, two, really? yeah, yeah. For the past ten years. Yeah. So. But for wow. this to be number five, it's that's a lot. We are cranking them out. Right. There was a video I saw. I didn't write it down because I couldn't find it again. It's not on your Vimeo page. Um, I think it was a Biters video of them just kind of 
going you're just going to all kinds of different locations in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, um, you oh, is that the, the point- We Killed Vegas? The it, black and white? I think so. They sound yeah. kind of sixties, but I mean, it, there wasn't much going on in the video ex- except for like following them around. And they're in the studio. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a, a group that was really big fans of, of uh, the booze, and they're called We Killed Vegas from Virginia. Oh, that's what it was. And they basically just hired me to come to the studio and shoot them, do the song, and so like you know, when yeah, we got done. Okay. I was like, they were up in Alpharetta, yeah, at some studio, and I was like, hey, let's let's go to the city. I need some more. Four shots sure. of you guys, so we yeah. just you know, and that, so that was the one where you just like went to different locations. Yeah. And it was good. Well, I was watching that video, and you know, this comes up with a lot of your videos, and uh, you know, Brian and I have been in Atlanta for I don't know how long you've been here, but you know, we've been here for almost twenty years. Me too, since ninety two. Okay. Yeah, ninety two, and yeah, you know, we've been here ninety five, yeah. and it's like I kind of have a love hate relationship with this city. Sometimes I don't know if you feel the same way. Okay, you know, sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm like, "Fuck this place," you know. But <laughs> sometimes I wake up and I'm like, "What a great city," you know. And yeah. and I, you have a good way of making me feel good about the city a lot, you know, in, in these videos. Um, and that was one of them, certainly, where you're just you're going around, and you're showing all these places, you're showing the cool rock scene that we have right. in town. Because sometimes I need that, you know, to yeah. show me like, <laughs> hey, remember this is why you live here, and this is why it's it's so cool here. You know, it's because you have yeah. the Star Bar and you have, you know, all these places, and there is a cool rock and roll scene here. And uh, yeah, that video gave me that feeling, you know, awesome. and I was like, see. Good. I need that, you know. And well, and it is a cool way to show it. And I guess, um, well, it is a great place to to film. I mean, there's so many, so many really cool yeah. things and cool buildings. When you've been here for a long time, you kind of know where that is. And I mean, sure. you know, now you got movies filming here a lot. I know. But a lot of them aren't really, except for maybe Walking Dead, aren't really taking advantage. They're taking advantage of the suburbs. I know. <laughs> yeah, not really. They're, they're out of the town. gritty, the right. gritty stuff. I mean, I want to see advantage of the tax break. I think. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It is. <laughs> yeah. I want to see Atlanta look like New York. I mean, we, yeah. you know, that's... Well, it'll never be that, though, you know, just because of... Yeah, where there's always some filming going. Yeah, I mean, my brother works in New York and lived in New York for many years. And, and you know, there's always some moment where he's like, oh, saw them, saw so-and-so today. They were filming, you know, yeah. outside my outside my building and all this stuff. It would be cool to see that, where it's just happening all the time. Yeah, but and it really, that was inspired a lot, too, through Constellations, because uh, his first album, Elijah, talks a lot about going to star bar claremont sure. lounge in fact the way he sings it reminds me of, of jim morrison talking about la and the doors albums yeah. huh. and he's talking about all these different places right. and being fucked up and yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah so i just started keying more into that you know where are atlanta's icons and right you know where do people go i mean because for years i didn't go to star bar i mean i went to star bar when i was young but yeah I, it seems like to me that most of us rockabilly through a lot of right you know, for a while until I started hanging out with Constellations, and they're all hanging out at Star Bar. And I'm right. like, I remember going to Star Bar for 80s night or disco night, but right. you know, don't yeah. remember seeing that many bands throughout the years. Right. So, um, but that's changed. I mean, it's totally right. Totally See, I was changed. at Star Bar a lot because I, I wasn't necessarily in the rockabilly scene, but I knew a lot of guys in kind of the yeah, the blues, yeah. Yeah. punk scene, you know, that was kind of crossing over into that. So even though we were into the heavy rock stuff too, we kind of knew a lot of people in that scene as well. So I don't know, yeah. And we were living in Little Five Points. That's so true. Yeah. yeah, we were living on Euclid Avenue. Going right <laughs> so. up to all those places. Yeah. I mean, I just remember going to The Point and, you know, Echo Lounge a lot yeah, more. Right. The Point was you know, cool. Going to Star Bar to see a show during those times. Right. You know? And The Point. Yeah, The Point. I miss that place, huh? Yeah, The yeah. Point was cool, man. Yeah. I still have, like, I've got some footage from The Point. It's like, yeah. It's really cool because people don't know that The Point was ever there. Yeah, I know. It's a clothing warehouse now. <laughs> um, 
uh, well, I do want to. We we touched on it for a second, but there is the video. Is it a Biter's video? That shot from the view of of some girl and and uh, uh, something. I think uh, it was a Biter's girl, video. Uh, what is it? Cry. What's it, what's the song called? Oh, I have it written down. Hold on. Awesome. <laughs> I can't notes. remember. Ira's nose. Hold on. Hold on. I met Scott Weiland at the point one time. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I recognized him. I was with a couple friends. Shit, and uh, recognized him. I was like, man, it's Scott Wallen over there. And neither of them knew who he was. But I pointed him out. They knew the name, but they didn't like recognize him. No, I don't have a written name. And uh, he had ordered a pizza that somebody brought like into the bar. You know, it was just kind of a funny, like little, like oh, here, you know, your Wyland story. One of these people <laughs> who like wherever I go, whatever I want, I'll have it no matter where I am. And, yeah. and I went over to order. Uh, another round and I was a big fan of Stone Temple Pilots you know whatever I'm sorry and so what's that I'm, I'm sorry. sorry yeah I was and, and I was a pavement fan so. at, at, right okay <laughs> and but they were that band that also like just got ragged for being like rip off artists or whatever and I just said something to him I was like hey man you know I like what you guys do and he was like kind of a dick to me you know <laughs> and I was like wow shit okay and I, I went I back but I went back and I was like well he was kind of an asshole and then you know, so my friend got buys around. The other friend buys around. Then my turn again. I go up, and he's still sitting there. And um, he apologized to me. He was like, "Hey, man, sorry." You know, like, sorry, uh, I was a dick. But yeah, he was like, "Sorry," you know. I just, you know, thought you were gonna give me a hard time or something. I was like, "No, I'm seriously like, I yeah. take your stuff." And they had recorded down well, it's here. Tough I think, being with Brendan O'Brien, a celebrity like that. You know, you <clears> I guess all so, kinds yeah. of people coming up, and you'd especially him. I mean, introduced yeah. me to his wife, his brother-in-law. That's who he was there with. Oh, I was yeah. like, okay, cool. Wow. So yeah, it was kind of a funny. Um, well, the video, I, I don't have the... the it's uh, cr- easy to cry. Yeah, it's, uh, born, born to, to cry. Born to cry. Born that's to it. Cry. I'm sorry. Talk. I knew we'd get it. <laughs> um, it's electric playboy. Yeah, that was that was a cool... Who who came up with that? So that was shot from... If, if you haven't seen the video, you're listening. Um, the the viewpoint of... Of a girl going to a biter show. Right. Going to a biter and show. She gets completely wasted. And <laughs> well, who throws and it? Was it, was it Jade? See- Jade's in it, yes. Jade's at the beginning. I'll Is tell that you. the one you kind of get wasted with? You kind of like are getting wasted with her, right. with yeah. her yeah. yeah. And that was that was actually their label owner. That's um, a pretty cool idea. Was a big pro, or I don't know if he's a big Prodigy fan, but he loved the Prodigy smack smack my bitch up video. So that oh, was. See, I don't know it. Yeah, it's uh, it's about a girl that goes through the whole thing. We I, basically you see the whole point of view of this person like getting wild, having yeah. crazy sex, stabbing people, and then the very end you see a mirror and it's a girl, hot right. chick, naked. Um, so he wanted to kind of go with that, yeah. That kind of look. So I just tried to do what I could to make that. Yeah, you know, it was a cool video. It's it cool, was yeah. uh, It was our first time kind of working in that in that world. So yeah, it was uh, it was a good learning curve. I yeah. guess. Well. Um. All right. Where are we? Should we? Should we? Uh, I knew answers weren't going to be, or questions were not going to be answered. Well, you know, you can't get to everything. You can't get to everything. And I'm sure I've skipped a lot of stuff, but I feel like we should probably end it soon. Yeah. We've been talking a lot. Um, I can't tell. I've lost all. Yeah. Well, that, that's good. Right that now. means that you're probably having sort of a good time. I'm right? having a great time. Okay. <laughs> you haven't done anything like well, this? Well, I think we've definitely put out. Mm, you not know. really. I, mean, I know I've you've done, done a few interviews. interviews. Yeah, I've done some interviews, like, you know, back, back when I worked on some other documentaries. So. Yeah. And they were horrible, so I just kind of stayed away from them. <laughs> oh, like re- like recorded interviews? Like <laughs> yeah, video interviews and stuff like well, that. We'll you see know. how this shapes up. I mean, the, you know, again, like you, I'm always like, all right, what what am I going to do with this when I'm, <laughs> when I'm editing this down? One. 
Is there anything else on Rebel Scum that you guys want to talk oh, about? Oh, right. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's got a thousand questions. Probably. I'm just going to say this. Okay. We, we probably could talk more about Rebel Scum and, and more stuff, but listen, I'm going to have all your videos up on our page that anybody can go out there and see them. Um, and if you haven't seen them yet and you're listening to them right now, obviously you're going to be like, all right, I got to see all this shit. And I'm going to be watching Rebel Scum this weekend. Yeah, so, I know. I finally you know, got Brian. I got it. Got and it then he, well, and he's going to be calling me going, why didn't you ask him about this? I and know, why right? didn't you ask him about that? <laughs> like, what? When's he coming in again? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it's dangerous. He's going to be emailing you. What did this guy do when he... <laughs> um, anything you want to say about Rebel Scum that I'm not thinking about right now? I think I feel like everything in my notes that I wrote down about Rebel Scum, we did cover, actually. So I, I feel like, I mean, I'm sure there's... Is there anything more that you're trying to do with this now? I mean, you said you worked on this for five years. How long is it? Is it out or is it... It's, it's, it's not out. Because, yeah, because that's... There, we were, we're hoping to find some distribution for it to okay. help us get it out there. I mean, are you still really hardcore shopping it around or have you kind of slacked off a little bit? Well, I think we've kind of slacked off a little bit. We I just, mean, not slacked like you're the, not... You know. the, not like you're lazy. Tells me. Probably slacking off. <laughs> yeah, we're slacking off a little bit. I mean, we just did two screenings in November, um, one through the Atlanta Film Festival and one in Knoxville. Um, yeah. So we keep doing the screenings. It's just trying to find – it's just nowadays documentaries are so easy to make. And so there's so much competition. It's just like independent music. Yes, but so good much documentaries aren't easy. It's to make. true, but yeah. whoever's judging the good documentaries is where Doesn't always. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you see know, your vision. Exactly. My, my documentaries are more towards like Dancing Outlaw. If you've ever seen that, um, mm-hmm. which is uh, it's about a guy from Virginia that like the Appalachians that is an Elvis and tap dancer, crazy <laughs> country guy. Um, yeah. he, he plays a lot around here, and he's a really interesting guy. I mean, this is like a, a documentary that was made in the 80s and was like handed around from VH type, tape to VHS tape, and he ended up being on the Roseanne Bar Show oh. because he got so popular. Wow. Um, and there's a lot of these really crazy art, you know, rock and roll documentaries. Sure. There's one, um, Brian Jones on Massacre called Dig, that was a big influence on it. Right, and I think Eric was talking about that. Was somebody it? somebody was talking about that on our show, I believe. Yeah, yeah. it's a great film. I recommend it for anybody yeah. that likes documentaries. I mean, that's oh, cool. So basically what he's getting at is that we knew that this film would probably end up being a hit, but it's more likely to be a, one of those cult classic right, films. Which, is, which right. would be cool. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's the, the problem, again, is just that with this redneck-type country band, Right. The the people that we show it to, it's it's very explicit. So there's no television for it. Yeah, um, they don't know what to do with rednecks, and the, the, you know, and again, like I told you, the film <laughs> festival people, they, you know, these guys are making over fifty. You're making over fifty grand a year if you're going to a film festival. Most of the time, that's what these audiences are. Right. They live down the street from people like the Dirty Works that talk like this, and they, you know, they put their hand up. Sure. They don't want to see this see shit, yeah. but know? yet they're watching Honey Boo Boo. Yeah, and too. they don't. They sure don't want to pay fifteen dollars to go see this at some film festival. So that's where we're getting the, the yeah. backlash. Um, you know, yeah. like I said before, the redneck exploitation. Um, yeah. People just don't see a group of, of guys that talk. Right, you know, real Southern dialect to to right. be marketable. Right, but see, I, you know, I don't even I, get to see all. The, I mean, uh, I barely get to see films nowadays. You know, I, I just don't have time to. Yeah. You know, I I haven't been to the theater in probably two years, but uh, and I barely get to see everything I want to watch at home. But every time I hear, you know, when Sundance comes around or the other film festivals, um, 
whenever I hear about the films that did well or the films that got critical attention, it does seem to be kind of off the beaten track type stuff that's that's pretty subversive and and mm-hmm. and out there like Rebel Scum is, and that's why I'm uh, kind of baffled why it wouldn't get so much attention. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I mean we we have been too. Maybe right place, right time thing is, think is all it is. I think that's really what it is. And, oh, well. You know, I mean our the critic the, the response we get from critics. Yeah, and from people that actually come to see it, and you know, I mean, maybe some of these people aren't telling us the truth, but yeah. you know, we get great responses from the film. Uh, you read that letter, um, got right, a lot. I of didn't s- bring that up. Yeah. A lot of stuff like that. So it's 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 very strange to us. You right. know, I mean, we're still learning. You know, right now, I think we want to try to get it online if possible. Right. But even that's very difficult to to find a place to get online where we don't lose all of our money. Right. Is know? it um, is it, you know, and again, I, I apologize for you know not having seen it yet, but. Is there any thing about it where will it time out at some point where where you'll get to this point where you're like, uh, it's it's so old, it's not. Nah, I mean, or I think can it's it, timeless. It, yeah, it, it can hold. So I mean, so you, you, it's not like you have to like say like oh, I've only got a couple more years to push this or anything. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we went past a couple of years. <laughs> right. so, yeah. yeah. We kind of figured that one out. I right. mean, it's such a little story, and yeah. it's you know, it's I think it is kind of timeless in a way. Yeah. Because it's hard to even tell what, what year right. it was made in. Right. Well, right. I, I got into this a little bit earlier. I don't know how far I got into it, but as far as what the movie turns out to be, as you know, it starts out being just, you know, we're, these are crazy rock and roll band that we're going to follow around and, and just kind of film all their antics. And But it turns into really a commentary on addiction and, and alcoholism, and it gets pretty, I don't want to say it gets serious, but it gives you some serious feelings about, about that whole world. And, um, you know, there's a there's a, a show that that my wife was really into called Intervention. And, you know, and I, I didn't I, I don't think I even never watched a full episode, but I would catch a little bit here, you know, here and there. And a lot of Rebel Scum kind of reminded me of a lot of stuff that was going on in that show. You know, it was just raw yeah. and it was showing people really struggling with their with their addictions and, and their demons. And, uh, you know. With Rebel Scum, there's no intervention at the end. <laughs> Not really. I mean, things turn out, you know. Uh, so it, it reminded me of that, and you know, you got to figure a show like that has, um, I guess, a certain audience, you know. And right. it, it, I guess it's it it depends on how you it it uh, gauges the way you're going to pitch it, you know. Right. So an intervention was a was a big, you know. We were exactly. watching a lot of that. When we were, were you when we were doing it? Yeah. I mean, sure. that was a, that was a huge part of. And it was one of our pop favorite shows back then. Yeah, huh. so it was done pretty well. You know, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's a, like I can't watch a lot of reality television because it's it's such shit out there. But if something is done well, I'll, yeah. I'll, I don't care what it's about. I'll and watch. That show's edgy and interesting. Sure. Just that you know, the, the problem with that show is that you know, like life. <laughs> one, I mean, as you saw, one intervention. The people usually in the very end of it are back on the streets, sure. or you know. Yeah. So I mean, I, I feel like it's a. I think that show's made for. People that are, you know, over their 40s, have families, and right. want to hope that, you know, and watch these things and think about their younger people right. and hope to get. I mean, it's like a dream show for these people. Wow, if I could just get my family member that's on meth to, right. to get an intervention, then everything <laughs> would be good again. You exactly. know, so those are kind of positive shows with real edge. Yeah. And, you know, with Rebel Scum, I felt like, uh, you know, that was the biggest problem we had was like, how's this thing going to end? You know, is this is Christopher going to kill himself? Is he going to die? Right. Because he talked about it. So much, and there was even a point where I thought he was going to kill himself on camera when he was drinking. Um, he he in the, asked in us, the hotel room. In the hotel yeah, room. he wanted us to. He wanted Renee to bring the gun. Oh, 
Ooh. And uh, so I kept thinking that was what was going to happen. I thought that was what he – I thought he'd planned this. You right. know what I mean? Cause, I mean well, we there's that get... one shot where you walk into the bathroom and he's got the knife. Yeah. And he just holds it up to the camera real quick. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm on the edge of my seat, you know. I'm like, holy shit, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, we were, too. We got a call at, like, 9 in the morning. I'm drinking again. You should come up here. And it Ooh. was like, hey, Francis, what's going on? Yeah. Let's get up there as fast, you know. We get up there and we well, walk. Well, Knoxville, we should tell our audience, I mean, that's, what, three hours? Three hours, yeah. Yeah, so you're here, you get the call, yeah. and you're on the road. Exactly. Okay, yeah, go, go ahead. And I think we get there like around 11 or noon. And, yeah. You know. And, and we, this is the hotel scene? Yeah, this, well, first we went over to Renee's. Where, yeah. You know, she was drunk. Yeah. That's where she pulls the gun on us, throws the bottle. and Right. And then we got so many warnings about... You know, when Chris is drunk, he's just, you know, he's going to he's gonna hurt you. So, yeah. you know, be prepared. And what we what we figured out. And well, what, what I were thought, you guys thinking at the time? Were you like, should we not? Should well, we, we just Well, we knew, we knew we had to get it. I mean, we're filmmakers. So, you know, I mean, it'd be like if you're in the war and you're like, oh, I can't go shoot the war. You know, it's just like this is what we've been trained for to go do that. It just yeah. becomes like, what do we need to know? What do we need to bring in so that it doesn't right. get broken? Um, and we were getting all kinds of warnings. So for us, it was like this was this was all we could do. But. You know, thing it it got a little it got real when we realized that he's in the hotel that we stay at every time we're there. Yeah, and he's in this condition, and you know he, he drops cigarettes all the time. Right. So we had to book another hotel because we didn't want to be in that hotel. Yeah. In case it burned down, we just right. did not know what was going to happen. Right. You know, just, well, he also peed on the wall. Uh, I saw that. Burned his hair. Burned Let's his not hair. Forget that part. That must have stunk. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, and then what, what was the part where the cops were coming? Well, that was that. That right? was the next morning. He was, had the next. Right. We had left, and we came back the next morning, and he had, I guess he had gotten more alcohol and fallen down in the hallway. Yeah. And they had to bring him That's back right. in there. His face was all bloody. His face oh. was bloodied. <coughs> that was, that was that was one of those days where you're yeah. just like, what? Well, and I and I hate to put it, just in these terms, but I mean, climax of the movie. Yeah. Was that whole. Scene, you know, and that was probably a good 15, 20 minutes, you know, out of the movie. Because that's the scene, well, because this guy, you know, he's on methadone through almost the whole show, and right. it really looks like that's his big problem. And right. then once you realize that he was an ex alcoholic for like 15 years and hadn't right. drank in and six then he years, relapsed, yeah. he relapses, and you see him like this. I mean, we had to, we had to take him from that hotel, and he wanted us to stop at the gas station. We were like, Chris, we, it, the first time I felt like we either had King Kong or Frankenstein with us. Yeah. And wherever we took him, he was going to fall on somebody right. or, you know, damage or demolish something. So it was it was really weird. And, and that's why I thought this movie would be a little bit more uh, popular than it is. I thought sure. that Christopher is the worst alcoholic I've ever seen, ever, and on video or on film. Yeah, I haven't seen anything like that. <laughs> Never seen anything like it. It's Frankenstein oh. levels. So. Right. I mean, at, at the time, I know it's tough to think, you know, when you're in those scenes... You're thinking, all right, what are we going to do? What are we going to do with this guy? Is he going to kill himself? Is yeah. he going to hurt? Are we going to get hurt? But are, are you also thinking this is going to be the greatest footage right. ever? Not during that time because it, it felt like we had created Frankenstein. You know yeah. what I mean? We oh, felt you, did like you feel bad created, about it? Did you feel it? like yeah. you fueled any of it? Yeah. Like, you do, really. Well, I mean, at that point, we felt like like uh, for our producer, Francis, as we're fleeing from that, he's like, I feel like Icarus. I feel like we've gone too close to the sun. You know? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Well, like he said, we didn't have a ending for the movie, so we felt like oh, that's what was yeah. kind of fueling Chris mm. a little bit was that he need to felt I'll like he needed ending. to give us yeah. an ending. Oh, really? You think yeah. he was yeah. conscious of that? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, this was a conversation because we filmed for two years, and 
the problem was after a year, nothing happened. I mean, there was no, you know, I mean, like most, I mean, you're in the, what I love about dig is they go on to say that, you know, the record label or the record business is the, the worst business to be in because it's got a 99.9% failure rate. Right. So knowing that any group that you're going to film is basically going to, you know, we, we kind of figured that would happen, but we thought there would be something, you know, we thought something would well, kind of pick up. it turned into a documentary about something else than yeah, just right. a band. Exactly. Um, yeah. All right. Well, good. I'm glad we did. We started talking about that <laughs> again. Well, no, because that's interesting. I mean, that's exactly what I'm thinking. While you guys do, and man, yeah, compelling. I mean, it's yeah, it's hard to. And that shit. You sure you want to borrow that? I want to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> I got to see it. Yeah, I know. Well, we. Yeah, it'll now it'll, it'll stay just it. between us. I I, yeah. I promise. Show it to whoever you want. I mean, we want to get it out there. I mean, that's what's we most want important to, see it. to us. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and I well, think you want it, people to see it, but you, I mean, you can't do the whole. All right, let's just dump it onto YouTube thing because, yeah. well, you a you want to make some money on it, and b it's a special thing. You don't want to just. Well, I mean, even at this point, it's not really about making money. It's just trying to you know I've got a producer a that's invested into it, so you know I want to make sure that he's you know. Right. feel bad you know here we we get a chance to make a movie and right. you know it's hard to sell i mean it's very yeah very difficult thing to do um yeah Especially i mean in it, today's market one i was going to bring up too you know on this dvd that that we have here that i guess you know will be available eventually you know the, the, there's bonus features on there which you know i watched all those and one of them i didn't watch knoxville i just i watched atlanta you know just Plaza well, the Knoxville one's interesting because Renee got off methadone. She loses eighty pounds. So oh, really? She looks totally Does different. Does not look like the same person. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that one—that's kind of interesting. And um, yeah, I think that's about the only. Right. Well, I'll, I will. Oh, you uh, don't have to. No, no, no. I, I, I will. I just—I think by the time I got to the bonus features, you know, Brian and I both have kids, and yeah. we, you know, no, like, I, t- I think it was. I like, can't believe you made it through some bonus features. Well, <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I wanted to gobble up everything. I wanted to watch it again. <laughs> I'm one of those guys that uh, when I see something I like, I'll watch it like three. Uh, sometimes I'll watch something again right in a row. You know, well, well good because we shot 250 hours worth. So we'll oh, yeah, oh. Yeah, show me all the raw footage. <laughs> we plan on doing, you know, extended DVD. Yeah. When we first started. I thought I had gold here, and I was gonna do a film, and then we were gonna cut it into a television series. Oh, so well, that you got oh, to wow. see a lot more of it. But you know, it's just. That could work. That would be great. This could be a stepping stone to, you know, <laughs> just having the film could be a stepping stone to that. That would be awesome. That would be easy for uh, a, a production company to, you know, the footage is already there. Yeah, exactly. You cut it, boom, you're done. All right, I got some guys in mind that have a production company. <laughs> we'll, we'll start talking. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, the bonus features. is uh, features the premiere of the film at the uh, Plaza Theater mm-hmm. in Atlanta. And the dirty works are there. You know, and all the, the the whole band is there, and it's just like it's just kind of weird. It it almost made them seem real to me. You know, when I saw them at the Plaza, the place I've been to a zillion times, right. and they're going to see their own movie about them. Right. I was like, oh yeah, well these are guys I could probably just hang out with in the in the scene. You know, in the mo- in the movie when I'm watching them, even though I know it's real and everything, it almost seems so far away, or it seems like a story about the you know these guys that I would just never be in contact with yeah. or, or whatever and and that was kind of wild and then of course you know you'll see that uh yeah steven just gets hammered yeah um screamed the, through the whole movie huh I said he did he oh yeah he yelled at the screen most of the time i had oh to had to keep francis from throwing him out right i mean how do those guys feel about the film now when the 
they they like it. I mean, you got to imagine here's a here's a band that again that didn't have anybody trying to film them. So all right. of a sudden they had, you know, these two guys that worked for a lot of major label artists at that time, and they're coming to you know drive three hours to see them. So it, it it blew them up pretty quickly within their scene. But then because it took so long to get the movie edited, yeah, and to get it out, by the time the movie finally came out, yeah. everybody started to think they lied that the movie was never going to come out. Oh, so it, never- it turned mm-hmm. in this huge. I don't, you know, problem that they had. I mean, they thought that we'd come up there and shoot for a couple of weeks and we'd have the movie out and they would, right. you know, <laughs> get famous. In fact, I think they kind of quit trying for a while because I think yeah. they just thought the movie was going to, you know, them make them famous. And it's right. just, you know, it's not that day and time anymore. So right. um, yeah. I thought, you know, I thought like one of these bands, you know, like, I mean, anybody from like, you know, it's like somebody like Chili Peppers, uh, if you read his, if his biography, um, and the Nikitas, huge drug problems. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, hello, you know. <laughs> all these guys. Yeah, I mean, and and when you when you read like you know like like his when you're reading that the the newer stuff even that he was making he was having heroin problems up to the you know yeah a few years yeah. ago it's just you know I, I'm I'm seeing you know his story within the dirty works and you right. know the same thing with you know reading a, a biography by Perry. Pharrell from Jane's Addiction or something like yeah. that, like thinking, are one of these guys going to find this movie really interesting and, right. and bring these guys sure. out on tour? Right, is right, like, right, right. you well. know, <laughs> what's going to happen? And we really yeah. thought we would have a sequel. I mean, we, huh. uh, it was kind of like, I always saw these guys as kind of the Bad News Bears, and I thought, I was hoping we'd have the Bad News Bears goes to Japan. I thought, like, what <laughs> happens when they actually have, you know, a Success. real show? Yeah. They got to be in New York. Right. They got to play at nine, and there's an open bar. Right. And they're the dirty yeah, words. Yeah. Right, right. That right. was what I was really waiting for, but that you know, we never got to that huh. to that that aspect right. because they would have to get popular and that. I'm uh, out. To cut you out. Yeah, I'm running out of time. Sounds good. I get. I only get. <laughs> well, I only get three hours on that little recorder. Oh man, we've been going for three. Uh huh. Wow. I know. Um, all right. So, what should we say to wrap it up? What do you think? Say what you always say. All right. Well, um, high praises for what you're doing and. Uh, I'm looking forward to you know keep seeing all these videos being posted and uh, you know I'll, I'll keep in touch. Hope you do too. Definitely. And uh, you're going to feature Brian. Well, not not feature, but Brian's going to be yeah, I'd, I'd, maybe I'm laying on a bed topless. Who knows? <laughs> face <laughs> down. Face down in a future video. Yeah, that might be a good role for you. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> I'm up for anything. <laughs> I'll um, do some characters for you. Right. Well, when you good, start doing dialogue, I'll, I'll come in and do some report for you. Or yeah. <laughs> <Fun>. Awesome. <laughs> um, so, thanks for being here. Thanks. Ashley Simpson. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. I would thank those guys, but they left. They went to the they bar. They already took off. Yeah. They had to get more alcohol. That's hilarious. Um, They're just like, yeah, listen, <laughs> that's rock I, I musicians had a, I had for you. I had a feeling that was going to happen, though. I had a feeling that was going to happen. Um, for Video Rahim, thanks for coming in. Yeah. Real thanks, good man. to meet you. Thanks really a lot cool. for having Sure. Us. And uh, thanks well, for doing everything you do. Yeah, all of you. <laughs> <laughs> who's who's ever left? <laughs> and for Brian McClenning to my right, and yes. my name is Ira Malkin. You're listening to Two Faces Radio. And um, stay tuned. We got more coming up. And if we don't see you beforehand, have a good holiday. And we love you, as always. And uh, we've recorded way too much, <laughs> but it's all right. I hope you're stuck in there. And uh, as as you can plainly see, we've saved it all for the show. So what we always like to say is, save, save it for, for the, the show. show. Does that make any sense? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and uh, so we we love you people in Morristown. No, yeah. no, we don't. Okay. Uh, and, and so Raheem was yeah. I'll, yeah go ahead. It's not a. They don't even know how awful you fuckers are. By the way. So anyway, so we were. Two Faces Radio, the best podcast in the Southland. Two Faces Radio.